Namaskar and welcome to NFL Masala. I'm your co-host, Anna. What's that sound I hear? Oh, oh, oh it, am I awake? What, wait, what time is it? It's around five o'clock, my dude. Oh, oh, whoops. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Um, I just woke up um, after watching this horrendous Thursday night football game. I think I, I went to bed. I think it made it helped me go to bed, but anyway, um, and I'm your and I'm your co I'm your other co-host, Rukshuk. Welcome to episode number 22 of NFL Masala, where we talk about all the latest happenings in the NFL with a little bit of spice. And yes, I do need this to wake me up. Um, I do apologize, ladies and gentlemen, for this rough start. Alrighty. Let's get on to the, the Makada news. So today <laughs> we we are going to do a recap. Of week four of the NFL, and we're going to do a preview of week five all in the same episode. And we are gonna also break down some Tamakadar news. So I will get started first. Let's get man. <laughs> what a situation in the Rams versus 49ers game. I'm sure you guys have seen this video of this random protester activist type of guy streaking across the Rams and 49ers field. And Bobby Wagner laid him out. He tackled him. And the reason why is he said that he was more concerned about the security guard that was hurt that was trying to chase him. Oh, my that, that God. was chasing. Yeah, that, that was chasing the protester. And he said, you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. And so apparently now this protester has filed a police report against Bobby Wagner. <laughs> he literally came out of the field. Uh, he came onto the field with a device that was letting out pink smoke. And the reason why is because he was an animal rights activist for direct action everywhere and was trying to raise awareness for a trial involving the alleged theft of pigs from a factory farm. Dude, I, I, okay, look, I'm vegan to everybody out there. So, you know, I understand, but this is not the way to do it. All right. You messed up. You, you, you messed up the sanctity of my favorite sport in the world. You should be banned for life. Ooh. Just, just get the hell out of here. Oh my you don't deserve to be an NFL fan. Whoa. Oh my goodness. Already with the fireworks. Now I'm fully awake. It's a masala moment right there. Oh my, oh my goodness. Oh my. Yeah, I did see that. And the funny thing was like I remember if you if those were watching like on the Manning cast, I think like I saw Eli and Peyton break down the play where <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he was. He was. <laughs> that was hilarious. But um Peyton Manning was like, oh, that's excellent form from Bobby Wagner right there. Really, you know, enforced that tackle. Just just goes to show <laughs> this is how you youngins should tackle stuff like that. Yeah, but here's my problem. It's like yeah, I great. I, I'm happy that Bobby Wagner did that, but why the hell? Um, part of my French, but why the hell didn't he pull it off against the Niners if he wants them to win so badly? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. <laughs> All right, okay, but anyways, um, I do have another breaking but not surprise news. I'll call it mid news. It, um, so Wednesday. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, just left 
So basically, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, have lost another wide receiver this time. And no, this is not due to injuries. This is Cole Beasley. Um, wide receiver Cole Beasley has decided to retire from the NFL after 11 years. This agent said he um, he's ready to be finished, be with his family after playing 11 years, and it's time to be a full-time dad and husband. That's what his agent Joel Turner told ESPN. And um, he so, but like recently, 33 years old, um, he signed with the Tampa Bay Bucks practice squad on September 20th. Called upon to the active roster four days later. He saw only action in two games against the Packers and the Chiefs. Four catches, 17 receiving yards. And um, and he said like he didn't know if he'd ever get another opportunity to play. And um, and then this is what he said for a young man that came out SMU that not one all-game, all-star game invited to play in, who prepared for his pro day working out by himself on campus and who 31 other teams in the NFL passed on as an as a undrafted free agent with only the Dallas Cowboys offering him a turn a contract he has had an incredible career and um and you know what um i mean congrats to a to a long esteemed career although he was with the Dallas Cowboys and that safety blanket for Tony Romo every time when um Jason Wynn and um and Des Bryant were dominating and they were covered that you know who he could rely on cole beasley yep, finishes yep. with a career best 82 receptions in both 2020 and 21 in 2021 season with the bills whom he signed as a ud as a free agent and of course he was also well known for being fined multiple times for violating the nfl's COVID 19 protocols which he has also <laughs> been a critic so i mean so overall his career stats he ends with 554 receptions, 5,726 yards, 34 touchdowns. He was he was never selected to a Pro Bowl, but made second team All Pro in 2020 when he set the um, career high in receptions and yards um, for nine for 967 yards. So, congratulations on a wonderful career, Cole Beasley. I will not miss you because you were a cowboy. Well said. Well said. What's a cowboy? Always a cowboy. <laughs> unless you unless you see the light and you redeem yourself by coming to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's only when myself and Eagles Nation will sanctify that procedure. You know, Jason Peters has left the Jedi enclave of the Philadelphia Eagles and has now switched over to the dark side. What do you say about that? All I can say is I I I do have a special message for him. Um but let's save it for Dallas week. And all right, all right, all righty. Okay, so that was it for the Tamakada news segment, and now we are going to do the recap of week four, starting with my Packers. So this was a game that we should have lost. It really reminds me a lot of those 2019 Packers, you know? That season where we were just winning ugly games, like the first game against the Bears, 10-3, against the Vikings, 21-16, against the Lions, 23-22, and then again against the Lions at the end of the season, 23-20, against the Bears, 21-13, the Washington football team, 20-15, like... Those were just games that, you know, made me cringe as as to just watching the offensive ineptitude because like we were capable. 
we were scoring 40 points against the Chiefs. You know, we we did that. We scored 40 points against, sorry, 30 points against the Chiefs and 40 points against the Raiders. So it's not that like we couldn't score points. It's just that we couldn't sustain it. And it just like somehow, you know, um, just just watching all of those games and then, you know, winning all those ugly games and then making the playoffs only to lose to a clearly superior opponent, the defense struggling to stop the run, but it was decent against the pass. You know, Jair was a rookie at this time, I believe. Um, and so, you know, uh, and then the offense was uh, struggling to score points. So it really reminds me of, of that season for for this year you know we, we came out of the gate terrible against the vikings then arguably the best defense in the league in the bucks when they're healthy we only scored 14 points when we, it should have been at least 20 plus you know um then the, we did we performed decently well against the bears but then against the patriots we had to go to overtime and win in overtime at home against Bailey Zappi. I'm sorry, dude. I yeah. think do I mean do um I I mean like it's like PTSD all over again for you guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you might be asking what happened, right? Well, they just ran the dang ball. Oh, they ran the dang ball. 167 yards with a 5.1 yards per carry average. They ran for 167 yards against our defense, against that D-line. And so they typically, they were also very smart in that they ran in the direction that Kenny Clark was not lined up in. So typically he would be lining up on the left side um, of the, so yeah, so left side of the defense. So they ran to the right side of the defense, which would be, you know, the left side of the offense. So, and it showed that, you know, we were better uh, in, in the right side of the defense at 17th versus the left side at 29th. So, it was like Kenny Clark made such a big difference that he was the only guy who was trying to make an effort in terms of creating tackles for loss. And besides him, it was terrible D-line play. And this just re- keeps reminding me of that 2019 season. You know, the passing defense wasn't that great either because it allowed Bailey Zappi, Bailey freaking Zappi, to have a 107.4 passer rating out of 158.3 a third string rookie qb in his first start on the road in a hostile uh, environment allowed him to have 107 passer rating now we did have a little bit of success towards the end of the game because we were able to limit him to uh, at the end of the game to a minus 46 dyar but that man should have thrown like multiple interceptions and we should be harassing him every single play. 
We should have been harassing him every single play, forcing turnovers. We couldn't get a turnover out of him, but at least, at least we were able to harass him because he uh, was sacked three times for a total of 24 yards. And then um, Brian Hoyer, Axel Hoyer, was also sacked one time. So at least our pass rush was getting to the QB. But the Pats guys, they were able to get away with it. And one of the biggest worries and one of the biggest reasons why they were able to get away with this and keep the momentum going was obviously the run game. But another thing, we've been missing tackles. Where did that come from? If we were to take a look at Devondre Campbell's uh, highlights, so far since, uh, where is it? Where is it? Okay, yeah. Yes, last year, last year, right? He had a total of four missed tackles all season long, which awarded him the uh, All-Pro Honors. Guess how many has he has? Guess how many he has in four games? Oof. Um, I honestly don't know, dude. Like, huh? already more than he already more than what he had the entirety of last season. He has five missed tackles already in just four games, whereas what? last season he had four in seventeen. Sorry, sixteen was last year still sixteen or seventeen? Seventeen, right? Yeah, 17 games. Yeah, 17. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> how? He had a 2.7 missed tackle percentage last year, and he has a 12.2 missed tackle percentage this year in just four games. What is going on? Like, you're not supposed to just forget how to tackle. It doesn't make sense. But the thing is, this has happened again in his career because in 2019 when he was still with Atlanta he had a 5.1% missed tackle percentage but then the next year in Arizona he had 11.6% missed tackle percentage so maybe last year was just an aberration and maybe he's just regressing to the mean but still that's that's worrisome because he's our best linebacker he is our best linebacker. We don't have, we have Quay Walker, and then after that, nobody. We have nobody. We have Isaiah McDuffie, who's like the special teams linebacker. So that is really worrisome. Now, I will chalk some of this just to like uncontrollable, statistically unlikely incidents, right? Like Aaron Rodgers throwing a pick six. There was like some weird stat where it was like his yeah. third pick six of his entire career or something like that. Or like second pick six at home in his entire career. Some some weird, obscene Aaron Rodgers-like statistic, right? He doesn't throw interceptions, more, much less pick sixes. So it was just an aberration. I, I mean, I've seen that play so many times now. It, it seems like it's just Jack Jones, the rookie, read the route. He read... Aaron Rodgers was going to throw to Alan Lazard. Jack Jones looked at Aaron Rodgers' eyes, and he just picked off the ball. A Alan Lazard was slow coming out of his break for the, I believe it was like a curl route. But Jack Jones has made the play, and uh, that happened. Then you have, um, then you have that, oh my God. 
stupid refs, man. You have the non-call delay of game that was so egregious, a freaking fifth grader could have seen it. <laughs> yeah. It was just... literally zero for three whole seconds. Yeah. I did see that. That should have been a flag immediately. And I think the I think the pet um and no disrespect to any Pats fans, including um Barun and Shweta, but that's definitely a big ref ball blunder. Pats got away yeah. with that one. Yeah, that would have wiped off the touchdown and maybe the, the, the Packers probably could have prevented them from scoring the touchdown and then just allowed them to score a field goal. So that's four points right there. Four points because of stupid ref ball. But anyways, we were able to come back from it. But then we also had Dobbs dropping the catch and he was going to the ground. That was such a beautiful throw from that was a vintage Aaron Rodgers money throw to the touchdown. R Romeo Dobbs had it. He had the catch, but he couldn't contain it while he went to the ground. When he when he hit the ground, when he contacted the, the when he contacted the ground, the ball fell out of his hands. And like Coach LaFleur challenged it, but he he said this in the press conference later. He's like, yeah, that was just a heat of the moment type thing. I was mm -hmm. I was just really frustrated that that happened because that would have given us the edge over that game like if we were to take a look at that play by play right when did this happen so this happened way into the fourth quarter when the game was uh yeah when the game was still tied it was 24 24 and we had to punt because he couldn't catch it it was two minutes left in the fourth quarter literally two minutes and four seconds left eight seconds left in the fourth quarter we challenged the ruling. It was it, the ruling was upheld, obviously, because he clearly dropped the catch. Um, and so that was that was also on a third and eight. So it's not like we had another shot. And so that would have put us up 31-24, and we would have won the game there. Like we would have won the game there. So yeah, I mean, no, no offense to Romeo Dobbs, but I I don't care if you're a rookie, but at this stage. You gotta make that catch, man. And to be honest, it. I like had he made I saw like, when I saw the replay, and I'm gonna spoil it for you. Had he made that catch, that would have been my masala moment of the week. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. So now I'm just gonna wrap it up. And then I'm just gonna say that, you know, on a positive note, the special teams was still very solid. You know, after especially after that uh blunder by Romeo Dobbs, we then punted. And Keyshawn Nixon, again, with a great stop at the two-yard line. I mean, just awesome job, you, you special teams guys. It's it's weird. It's a weird thing to say that maybe our special teams unit is so far the highlight of September football for the Packers. I've yeah. never said that before. Definitely. And you know who you have to thank. So Anna, I want you to go on record and thank the man, like right yep. now. Say it. Rich Bisaccia, we love you, man. Thank you so much. All right, now awesome. on to the Eagles. Um, correction, Anand. The four and oh, the only undefeated team in the NFL right now, Philadelphia Eagles. That's a correction for you. But what can I say about this? Um, definitely. Uh, um, in my pre in the previous podcast, I mentioned that this game th that like the weather would play a huge role in this game. 
it actually did. It was like literally raining the entire game. And of course, the um, and, and and this was the first time, one of the first start times like the Eagles had a slow start and faced adversity in the rain. And in the first quarter, um, we saw Jalen Hurts like with like with Jalen Hurts trying to throw this open pass to Zach Pascal. That was it. Um, if you saw the highlight of that play on a, it was such a bad read, and it tips, and 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 then like um and the, and I know like Cisco, one of the um the Jags defensive back cap like returns it full intercepts it and yeah, runs for a pick six the other way. That was a horrible, horrible throw. I think one the, the only horrible throw, and then and then of course um Trevor Lawrence leads another drive all the way to the ends all the way and and has the Jags up 14 nothing. But then what happens right after that? The Berg gang takes over. That is how you win games. Even with this type of adversity, great teams know how to find ways to win games. Like the Packers. And of course, like my Eagles. And you know what how the Eagles did it, Ellen? You win with the run game over the Jags top-ranked rush defense. They were um, they were la last week. The Jags were like literally ranked number one DVO in, in, in run defense DVOA. You want to know how many how many um how the, how much the Eagles ran against the Jags, dude? They ran two hundred and ten yards. The Jags limit have limited teams to fifty five rushing yards per game. Two hundred and ten. Tell me, if th isn't that like such a great stat, man? Yeah, and, that, I'm so worried about the Packers Eagles game now. If we continue at this, but anyways, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, but like, but like, definitely one of the biggest changing moments was on a four was on a fourth and goal in that in that first scoring drive. It was fourth, I believe, fourth and goal, like on the four or five yard line. But what Jalen Hurts does is like, of course, like as he as he steps back from shotgun, he he basically audibles in the middle of the play, runs. Straightforward. I mean, if you're looking at a at a if you're facing up a guy who's who's like squatted over 600 pounds for an OU and like running towards you to barrel to get the touchdown to to get this game momentum, man, dude, Jalen Hurts is a grown man in that game. But you know what? Miles Sanders is my offensive MVP. 27 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns. And um, and again, like Jalen Hurts, credit to him. He showed great composure after throwing that horrible pick six. The third down efficiency, four out of fifteen. That's really really low. So I'm gonna say that's like one of the bat the worst games. That's like one of like the worst games offensively. But if you want to talk about defense, the way this Eagles teams came back, I have an MVP for you, man. On the, on that game, give it to my man. That new signing by Howie Roseman, Hassan Reddick, a temp a local Temple boy. He's a grown man, four tackles, two sacks. And not only that, they forced four fumbles on Trevor Lawrence. Two of them came from Hassan Reddick, and he also contributed to two fumble recoveries. And if you watch like, a couple of gameplays like later on, he was posturing that Jags right tackle, Jawan Taylor. And, and you know what happened to Trevor Lawrence? He got sacked four times. And in some plays, he fumbled in four, he fumbled on all four. And and before the game, Doug Peterson, the um the Eagle, like ex-Eagles coach, now Jags coach, when he was talking about um about a revenge game, yeah, he did like the minute like the Eagles come back and haunt him, like Doug, like no offense to Doug Peterson, but he just completely turtled up. 
And and one of the biggest things that I noticed was that um, Christian Kirk, who was supposed to be like the big target, he was shut down the rest of the game. You want to know how many? Um, you want to know how many times he was he was targeted and he had and how many catches? What? Zero catches in the first seven targets. And wow. there's one play in the third quarter. I think you should. I think you remember seeing that. Um, it's a wheel route, and the um, Jags are in Eagles territory. Trevor Lawrence throws a dart. Had he had caught that, it would have been an immediate touchdown. But you see, James Bradbury with great awareness because the, the Eagles defensive backs they're like they're they are facing some miscommunication in that game. James Bradbury literally saves the day, runs up, spies it. And intercepts it. Uh, I have one gripe I want to make. AJ Brown, that touchdown pass that should it should not have been called back because of a penalty. But and also to AJ Brown for that pick six, you gotta make that tackle, man. I know you for you've asked for apologies on Twitter, but it ain't gonna do crap. <laughs> and of course, there was a lot of injuries been piling up for the birds. But um, Isaac Sayamalo, Jordan Mailata, and Darius Slay, they were all out during the game. But the replacements in Jack Driscoll, Sua Opeta, and even Josiah Scott. Josiah Scott held up on his own. Um, but uh, but I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big big concern if Darius Slay can come back. But um, other than that, that's all I have for the Eagles. 29 to 21. They um they pull off the win. And of course, the final play, like when Trevor Lawrence has the ball back, um, trying to lead that game winning drive, try to have the game scoring drive. Guess who stops him? Hassan Reddick forces another fumble, grabs it, and recovers it, seals the game. And this is one of those tough, tough games that the Eagles have faced all day. So I'm really happy. Go Birds. 4-0, baby. All righty. Wonderful recap about the Eagles. Excuse me. The 4-0 undefeated Eagles. <laughs> and so now on to our game of the week segment. Where we had predict, where we had chosen each game, uh, one game each, and so I had chosen the Rams versus 49ers, and oof, that Rams O line allowed seven sacks for 54 yards total. Oh my god! Oh no way did Stafford oh play god. well in that condition. <laughs> you know, like that one meme where the guy's like, "Oh my god, that's what yes. I saw." Yes. He was atrocious. 32 out of 48 for 254 yards, 5.3 average, zero touchdowns, one interception, a QBR of 42, and a passer rating of 71. It was he was terrible. It made the game significantly unwatchable. And you know, just like the Patriots, the 49ers just ran the dang ball willingly. They pressured Stafford a ton, as I mentioned before, seven sacks. They also protected Jimmy Jesus somehow, and that I had pre uh, predicted as going to be the uh, downfall or the unbecoming of the 49ers because they didn't have Trent Williams, but they had no issues because the Rams couldn't even register a sack. <clears throat> And the 49ers just attacked the Rams passing defense. If you want to just look at the, at the defense, right? Not only are are the Rams, you know, O-line bad after allowing seven sacks and like five hits from Nick Bosa himself, QB hits, their D-line was bad as well because they couldn't even register a, more than one QB hit. 
not a single sack and not more than one QB hit. And that was just Bobby Wagner. They shut down Aaron Donald. They shut down the Rams pass defense. And then, as I mentioned before, Nick Bosa himself, himself had five QB hits on Stafford himself. They had like eight or nine total, I think 10 total QB hits and seven sacks on Stafford. That Rams O-line is atrocious. And as I mentioned before, the D now the D-line is atrocious against the run uh, and and in terms of uh, rushing the passer. And now their back five is also terrible because their pass defense had a negative 12.3 expected points added. Oh my god! That game, negative twelve point three. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible, man. It's if you're just... if you're already at the negatives, dude, like that's asking for trouble. You're literally asking for trouble on this one. Yeah, and and that was just for that game, but it's just indicative of the of the struggles that they've been, and that's why the Rams just look out of sorts. I mean. Van Jefferson and OBJ have clearly impacted the way this offense runs, right? They can't run the football for sure. They had 18 total carries for 57 yards at a 3.2 clip. The 49ers, they had three or four more carries at 22, but they had 88 yards and 4.0 average along with a touchdown. It really, you can really see just how, uh, the Rams are hurting because of Van Jefferson and OBJ's absence. Allen Robinson is not doing well. He is not build. He's not playing as the guy that he was built out to be. You know, as as a guy who's supposed to take the pressure away from Cooper Cup instead of just. You know, I mean, t- in all fairness, Cooper Cup did have a fantastic game. He had 14 receptions for 122 yards, but still. Allen Robinson was supposed to help Stafford out, but Stafford's weaker arm since his uh, off-season surgery, is prominent. And obviously, that O-line after Andrew Whitworth, and Andrew Whitworth leaving is just god-awful. And this game really showed who's going to win the NFC West, and I think that's the 49ers. I just don't think the Rams have it in them this year. They have too many injuries, and it's going to take a long time for them to get their defense sorted out. That was the biggest worry. The, the biggest worry is that, like, that's actually now the biggest worry. My bad. Um, you know, we all thought that, you know, the, the Rams offense was going to at least come back to the mean, but their defense was going to improve as well because they didn't lose that many key pieces. Like they still, in fact, they added a key piece in Bobby Wagner. Yeah, they still have Aaron Donald. They still have Jalen Ramsey, but they did lose Von Miller. And so we see just how impactful Von Miller was, right? And not just in the, um, not just in the pass rushing game because their pass rush has dipped, but also in the running game too. Like if Von Miller was there to force uh, and like contain the edge, then Aaron Donald would be freer. But now they're double teaming Aaron Donald even more. And so it's just a terrible, terrible look for the Rams. And so clearly the 49ers won and that was that. So what about the Bills versus Ravens, Chuck? This game, I honestly think this was like an AFC playoff preview game. And um, and man, it was a close, close game. But then again, you want to know what happened? Lamar lost. Yep. And you know which half? I'd say the second half. Yep. 
it happened again. <laughs> I mean, like, if you were to take a look at this game, and um, and luckily I was I was able to watch it side by side. I mean, if like overall, both QBs did not play spectacular, but overall they made enough big plays to lead the, this team to this kind of result. I mean, both good and bad. And I and then um, I mean, Josh Allen. Of course, he had a very slow start um, with that early pick in the first quarter, and then, but then overall, his stats: nineteen for thirty-six, two hundred and thirteen yards, one touchdown, one interception, and of course, he's been sacked one time. But and the same can go for Lamar Jackson. I mean, like literally, like every score that you can think of, like with the Ravens, they took an early lead. Um, they were they were leading like ten to twenty by halftime, and of course. Guess who? And, and guess who you can contribute that to with most of the scoring for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, who I think he's playing unbelievable. Definitely, he's definitely an MVP candidate, front runner. And I mean, if I were to have rankings for MVP for NFL MVPs right now, Lamar Jackson and a tie between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying. And then, but then, like. And they did pretty well with the run game with a mix of Justin Justice Hills and J.K. Dobbins. But again, Lamar Jackson led the way with some rushing yards. But then later on in the second half, you know what they always do, Anant? They somehow find a way to lose games. Like, and then and with that, this is when you saw Josh Allen take that that Bills defense. I mean, that Bills team that's already been ragged with injuries and finding a way to win games and if you saw like those long passes to stefan diggs and um and devin single and devin singletary and even isaiah mckenzie dude you saw some of those plays right like if mm -hmm. you were watching that game amazing and which leads me to the one question that i want one play i want to talk about why on earth do the ravens go for it on fourth down with the game on the line when it's tied 2020 what the hell? Like, do you take the points or not? I take the points. Exactly. Trusted Justin Tucker. And I do not play Marcus Peters at the end of the game for being mad at John, at, at head coach John Harbaugh. I mean, of course, you could want to go stats friendly, but dude, take the points and trust in your defense because you're letting, you have to let Josh Allen drive all the way to like with so much time to like try and force a game tying field goal. But anyways, um, Bills again, Bills defense comes alive in the second half, forces another Ravens collapse. I mean, two of those Lamar Jackson interceptions came right on time by the same man, Jordan Poyer, who literally balled out, had to ball out. And then, and of course, Josh Allen, it's arms and legs, they overcome early. It was a tough, it was a tough fought, fought game. And, um, and 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 the thing is like what the buffalo was able to do they were able to like not let lamar jackson take off with like uh, with not like limiting his rushing to like 11 carries 73 yards instead of like 11 carries 200 100 200 plus rushing yards if you know what i mean and josh allen ran when he was supposed to and um and of course, Devin Singletary with some contributions, but definitely the biggest improvement, biggest parts came when the Buffalo wide receivers came back, came to play in the second half. And and man, th that Ravens um, corner defensive backs. If I were, if, if I'm the if I'm the Packers, you would want to play against that Ravens secondary because they look so shaky. I mean, 
think about it, man. If you could, you could put Romeo, Romeo Dobbs will be having a hundred receiving yard game and two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Ravens next. So don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. All I can say All is this, right. this is definitely a future game and Ravens pull, pull, to, pull together yourself, my man. You're like, Oh, two at home right now. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah, definitely. So now on, on to our favorite segment, the Punch Minute Recap. So I'm going to go first. Titans versus Colts. Is Jacksonville seriously the best team in the division? Like last week, I kind of made that as a joke, but dang, this division sucks. All my love goes to Oliver. Keep that hair long, brother. And Oliver, by the way, is a Tom Grassi sketch character. So please check that out. He's on YouTube. Shout, Jets shout versus Steelers. <laughs> Jets versus Steelers. The high-end talent of the Pittsburgh Steelers will win them the Super Bowl. Not. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Chargers versus Texans. Again, a dangerous game for Chargers because they allowed an inferior opponent to come back into contention. And honestly, the 0-3-1 Texans look like the most competitive winless team I've seen in a long while. They're like the next one. Lions of that of the AFC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next one, <laughs> exactly. On to the next game: Broncos versus Raiders. Broncos country. Let's ride into the Rockies and never come back yeah. out. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> especially after yesterday, we don't need anything else from the Wilson Hackett 2023 campaign. It's just enough. Browns versus Falcons. Just another pathetic matchup that was somehow competitive. Like, why can't our primetime games be as competitive as the Seahawks and Lions game, 48-45, by the way, or this game? Why do we have to suffer from, like, a 12-9 vomit-inducing game like last week? Also, Cordero Patterson's injury is really going to harm the Falcons because he's the number one running back in terms of DVOA at 45%. What? So, yeah, he's the best running back in the league in terms of DVOA. Good now, on to, <laughs> on, to, on to your matchups, bro. All right, let's start with the NFC Punch Minute segment. Now, Vikings versus Saints. Anand, the ghost of Cody Parkey has returned. There was a double doink in that game. <laughs> and it's in London, in, in, um, in, King, in King Charles's United Kingdom. And I mean, the double doink has returned, but it's in London. Long story short, 25-22 Vikings win. And, and you know what that means? That Saints draft pick is looking very, very nice. Is number four overall. And the Eagles own that game. And Andy Are you Dalton, kidding me? Yeah, Eagles own that draft pick. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I want All the right. Saints to tank so much. Continue. And, how are, the, how are the Saints that good on offense? Like, literally, everyone is injured as hell. Except for, like, I mean, Andy Dalton did okay. And Chris Ol like, it's literally Andy Dalton, Chris Olave, and Mark Ingram. And their backup running back, Latavius Murray, is now with the Broncos. And he sat out for that game. So, what's this? <laughs> okay, Washington Commanders versus Dallas versus... Ugh, the, that, that team from Dallas. Um... Um, Commanders 10, Cowboys 25. I mean, Carson Wentz, he really looks like a shell of himself. And again, thanks to the Cowboys defense, they kept on pressuring him. He kept on Wentzing again, as usual. And Cooper Rush, he's doing some pretty good things as usual. Do I smell QB controversy? 
please let there be a controversy. Say something stupid, Jerry Jones. <laughs> and then Seahawks versus Lions, 48 to 45. That's not the score what I that I thought would I would be seeing at the end of the game. Like literally, it was a Big 12 shootout. And the question is, what is defense? And Geno Smith is balling out, and he's better than Russell Wilson. And you know what? PFF ranks him the number one QB through four weeks. Like, what the hell? Yeah, in terms of DVOA, he's like the second or third best QB. <laughs> or like DYAR. It's insane. You know what? I'm changing my MVP pick. Gino for MVP. Gino Smith. <laughs> and Lions, I thought you improve on defense, but Rods, question mark? Bears versus Giants. Like, honestly, Saquon Barkley is really fun to watch after coming back, and he's returning with a vengeance. And after watching some of the highlights of that game, can he play QB and just go wildcat formation, let him run, but he's going <laughs> to get hurt. And Daniel Jones, he's clearly not the future for the Giants. And, and of course, score was 20 to 12, but for the please, but I'm making a plea to the Chicago Bears ownership and whatnot. For the love of God, please help Justin Fields. You're literally about to kill this guy. They have the worst offensive line in the league. I mean, the Rams. I Go mean, figure. The, yeah. And Chiefs versus Buccaneers. Ooh, that was a fun game to watch. Um, thirty. It was like forty-one, thirty-one, but it but like it doesn't do justice to what happened in the first half. Like Patrick Mahomes, my boy, is a mud. Magician, like, did you see that touchdown pass? Like, uh -huh. what the? <laughs> I'm like, when I saw that game, it's like, oh, oh my god, what the hell? I'm done. It's like, hey, no problem for Kansas City. No Tyree kill, no problem. Let's find other ways to win games. And Brady, you're getting some help with some healthy wide receivers. I mean, thank you for thank you for throwing to Mike Evans, who's on my fantasy, but I still lost this week because George Kill didn't get enough receptions. Come on, Jimmy G, but. <laughs> Offensive line is an issue, and that defense really got punched in the face big time. All righty. Wonderful punch minute segment. And now we're going to go into the Masala moment of the week. For me, it's going to be that lob pass. So, Ooh. Mahomie touchdown pass to, you know, to, to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And this is after he starts in the left hash under center, fakes the run bootlegs to the right side he's looking in the in the end zone he escapes a pass rusher he goes towards the sideline spin moves the heck out of a bucks d he stops at the line of scrimmage lofts a shovel pass to clyde edwards hilaire over multiple defenders for like five yards in the air granted they're just three yards out from the end zone line so it's it's literally like third and goal uh, uh, at the three-yard line. And he lost it five yards in the air, and CEH makes the grab to make it 21-3. to three. Like, what? How? 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 That guy's it's magician. just Mahomey magic. It's just no, Mahomey magic. You want to know yeah. what's even better? He went to a school that works in QBs like that. He went oh to a real God. school in Texas Tech University. The Stop. same Texas Tech University Stop. that upset UT and Lubbock. Stop. Stop. <laughs> right. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> my, my, um, my definitely, if I had a Masala moment of the week, I would have definitely given been the homer and gone with Hassan Reddick for pulling off the game winning tackle. 
like the game forcing fumble against Trevor Lawrence. But then again, I looked and I found another one. You I'm go and this time I'm actually going to my Masala game of the week, Bills versus Ravens. If you saw that fourth and goal, yeah. And had Lo and the thing is Lamar Jackson, he should have ran the he should have ran for it. But you know what? He makes I don't know what throw he was trying to make to was I it to Devin Duvernay yeah, or Rashad Bateman? But if you watch the play, Jordan Poyer scouts it and catches that interception at the end zone, forcing that touchback. I think that play changed that entire game in the last two, three minutes. And it led Josh Allen to win that game. Like, yeah. had Poyer not intercepted that game, that ball, I don't know what would have happened. And if Lamar Jackson actually had a brain and ran for the touchdown, it would have been game set match. It'd be too late for the Bills. Just saying. But Jordan yeah. Poyer, my man. All right, wonderful week four recap segment. And now that um, wonderful week four recap segment. And now we're going to move on to week five preview. So here, we're just going to pick our four games, our four matchups. So in terms of the Packers versus the Giants, this will be an easier matchup than the Patriots because the Giants' O-line is not that great. And their running game isn't as effective as the Pats. You know, Saquon is only ranked 19th in terms of running back DV DVOA. And the Giants are just 7th in terms of a rushing DVOA at 6.6% versus the 20-plus percent that the Pats were in terms of number one rushing team. All right. So at least we faced against them and we won against them. So, you know, the, the, the Giants are also 19th in terms of adjusted line yards uh a line sorry allowed line yards and 12th in terms of adjusting sack rate that is 31st in the league that's only better than the bears who are 32nd at like 14 percent or something like that so this giants o-line is not great and so our our d-line should be very effective against them in terms of the passing game their passing game is also atrocious you know they're 19th in terms of uh, passing DVOA. Daniel Jones has a negative 111 yards in terms of DYAR, which is 29th out of 33 starting QBs. 29th out of 33. And their Lord. best wide receiver is ranked 43rd in the league with just 14 DYAR yards. Let me guess. Jerry so, Slayton? Richie James. Huh? Yep. Is that a practice squad guy they pulled up? <laughs> That's the 49ers guy that they have. What? <laughs> That's their best receiver. Kenny Galladay is at like 90th rank or something like that. He's and he's asking for so much money, man. Yeah. Shame on him. And you know what? Beat the dough moment. He gets my brown paper bag of the mo of the week of this episode. <laughs> like, I mean, you talk all that smack and you don't do crap. Like, honestly, mm -hmm. shame on you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, with all of this being said, we should just cruise to a victory. But will we? No, because we just can't demolish bad teams. So I'm predicting we win barely 21-17. And I hesitate to make that line because I wanted to put like 10, 14 points for the Giants. But I know it's just going to be the case where we just have some nonsensical thing that happens and we just give them a little bit of hope to come back, just like we did with the Patriots. 
I just want a good old fashioned 55 14 clobbering of bad teams like we used to do. That that game against the Bears, I rewatch every time I feel bad. Even the Eagles game where we beat them 53 to 20, that I watch as well. Huh? Like, it's just, yeah. 20, Do you not remember? That was the 2020 season, right? No, that was in like 2014 or something like that. Ah, that's like, bro, it's like, that's like ancient history, dude. I know. <laughs> that's why I keep watching them because they're so good. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yep. So we win 21 17. It's going to be a close game again because we just don't know how to defeat bad teams. Yeah. So now on to Eagles versus Cards. Yes, and before I do that, I was actually like looking at the at the at the point spread um at the pick center. Packers are actually giving um it, like the over under is like 42 points. Giants are uh, ha- are like 8 point has a has an 8 point plus spread. So, honestly, I I mean like I mean if you're watching this, I would expect the Packers to win by double digits tops. I think 8 points is too generous. People, it, like people are putting way too much faith into the Packers. Hey, I've been supporting you guys for some time. Okay? No, I know, I know, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that they're putting way too much faith. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it no at the bare minimum. That's what we want. We should we should never be a plus five underdog. We should always be sub five. Oh or plus I'll five. I'll get to that later. I will line. get Anyways. to this one because I have a lot to say. Now with this game, Eagles versus Cardinals. There's one word I actually think about this game, man. It, it, I, I, I honestly call this a trap game. No, I'm not joking. Like, if you're stunned in silence, why? Okay, there are a couple of things you that, um, that, 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 that we all need to know. Eagles, they came off of a really tough win against the Jaguars. All credit to Trevor Lawrence and what Doug Peterson's doing there. I wish them nothing but the success. And I hope they, I pray that they win the AFC South, but. There was a lot of injuries that the Eagles suffered from, notably Darius Slay, their cornerback, um, Avante Maddox, who was sitting out for that game, a slot corner, Jordan Mailata, offensive line, and Jake Elliott, our kicker, who is out because of a penalty. And 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 the thing is, like, and the funny thing is, like next week, it's all gonna be about Dallas, and it's quote unquote Dallas week. So. That's that would be like the time where like some the Eagles think, oh, we're going to we're playing in the West Coast, travel. Oh, we're facing Kyler Murray. This this um this team, uh, which I'll do the breakdowns really quickly. We like this has so many conditions and like and and, and the thing is like we should not be sleeping on them. And what Jalen Hurts said in a press conference, um, like uh like on Sunday, Jalen Hurts chastised the Philadelphia media saying, hey, why are you guys not talking about the, the Cardinals? They played really well against the, against the Panthers. Like That's why you should not be sleeping on them just because you want to prepare against Dallas. I get it. But do not sleep on every other team. And that's the captain that I need, Jalen Hurts. Oh, captain, my captain. But anyways, back to our keys to victory on this game. If Do you want to avoid this trap game situation? Number one, you got to stop Kyler Murray. You And if you do that, you you are basically sealing that entire offense because if you think about what the Cardinals have done in their entire games, they're literally a second half team like what you see in the NBA. First half they start really really slow. Second half they start like, oh my god, we're gonna build a comeback. We're gonna outscore every single one of them. And, and this is what I also found out, like according to Philly Voice, um, credit to Jimmy Kemsky, 
Murray, Kyler Murray is like really at his best when the play is broken down and he'll run around. If you saw the Raiders and Cardinals game for that two-point conversion, here it, here's what it is. He's averaging about 8.8 yards per completion and 5.7 yards per pass attempt. So if I'm the Eagles, this is one matchup you have to be. The defensive backs, especially Darius Slay and James Bradbury, you have to be on alert. And the Eagles D, and, and I would like to see them get some pressures. The, of course, they're like number one in sacks, but third in QB pressure, 32.2%. I would expect Hassan Reddick to play out of his mind because, remember, he used to play for the Cardinals before he went to the Panthers and to the Eagles now. And But luckily, the Cardinals have been not doing so well on offense because they don't have DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Anna, they're averaging about 20.3 they're averaging about like 20 points per game. They're tied with the Rams with 14th most. So I can like literally see them try and target Hollywood Brown. And of course, former Eagle Zach Hurts. Zach Hurts. So it's going to be a very tough game. And I've been hearing a lot about AJ Green and Rondale Moore being like safety blankets. They'll be good, but it's going to be very, but then again, they're like playing with some injuries. So um, if I'm the Eagles and Jonathan Gannon, you got to mix up the coverage and the blitz package whatever jonathan gannon is doing keep doing it if it's working do it and hopefully asan reddick gives some information on that i mean you i mean rush with a four-man five-man front keep reddick as a as a qb spy watch what murray's doing i mean we don't want him wasting 21 seconds to make a big play because he is a good thrower he's a he's a better thrower than jalen hurts i'm just gonna say that and now for the uh, for the eagles offensive side you know the Cardinals are the worst-ranked defense, according to PFF. And Vance Joseph's de defense, they rank 29th in defensive DBOA. Yikes. Yeah, but I will not sleep on them because although they have like what? Um, like literally all their defensive backs are less than 6 feet and 191 pounds. Their highest is like 5'11 or 5'10. No kidding. I'm not joking you. Like Buda Baker and By Byron Murphy are playing. That's yeah. that's a, that's a short DB room. Yeah, and you know who I'm thinking who would, who would exploit this the most? Think of one receiver. AJ Brown. AJ Brown, who is like having average, who has like 404 yards of receiving, aka yeah. Swole Batman. Yes, I think this is definitely going to be a Batman game. But um, but I would not sleep on them because they've generated like. Because against the Panthers, although it's the Panthers, I mean, generating one interception, five tip passes from Baker Mayfield, fumble recovery during the first two quarters. And they also, in the second half, they limited Carolina to 16 net yards. 16. One first down, 12 plays in the first four possessions. So I would keep an eye out on them. And especially that defensive line, um, Zach Allen and J.J. Watt, you got to watch out for those, although they're a little bit weak. And the Cardinals' defense have only allowed 87 yards rushing per game. So, I mean, the best way I would go about this, and and I mean, I'm open to insight from you on on this one, but I would suggest that the best way to exploit this this um this defense is you attack more with the screen game. I could see Jalen like just to build up that just to build that initial hurry up. And of course, scoring like almost like 48 points so far in the second quarter, almost every single game that they've done, or 48 or plus, I would say Jalen Hurts like targets Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders on those screen plays. Maybe even I see Kenny Gainwell um, be involved. And um, 
And that's and and if they can get to a big score and limit the Cardinals on defense in the second half, I think that'd be good. What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think they should just exploit that pass D and, like you mentioned, screen game, short stuff. Keep their linebackers uh, active. You know, don't don't yeah try and allow them to make plays. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like Isaiah Simmons is a good Isaiah Simmons um, has been playing average um, so far. That was like one of their draft picks from last year from Clemson. And of course, there's one one big injury that I mentioned that Jake Elliott is not going to be not going to be available. So what the Eagles did, they signed Cameron Dicker to their practice squad, who has now been activated for the game. And um, I mean, he. Uh, I mean, he notably signed with the Rams as a UDFA and went three for three in PATs in his lone preseason game. He was released mid-August, and I think that's where Dicker is going to be. And, and literally, also the Cardinals are missing their backup. They're mi missing their kicker, Matt Prater. So guess what? It's literally backup kicker versus backup kicker of this entire <laughs> game. And um, from what I've also heard, Jordan Mailata is going to be limited. But he's gonna be up, but he's apparently gonna be playing, which I highly doubt. I'd rather keep Jack Driscoll, um, who was that backup left tackle. He played, he played very well, and I'd recommend you save him for Dallas. And Darius Slade, thank goodness he's healthy. So we got, um, so Hollywood Brown, you're gonna be locked up by big play Slade. James Bradbury, I have followed the faith in our defensive backs, and um, yeah, I agree. Attack. I mean, um, play smart, limit the mistakes, and limit those penalties. And special teams, get your act together. You're, I mean, you're ranked 29th or 30th in, in like overall in rankings and special teams via DVOA. Come on, gotta do better. That's all I gotta say. And I predict the Eagles to win this game. Um, it will be a close game, 24-17. Okay. Okay. So that concludes our games. Now let's move on to our games of the week segment. So I'm going to choose the Bengals versus Ravens. And here's why. Last week, just as we had the 49ers and that decider, we're going to have the decider here where it's going to be the decider for the division. And so the reason why is because the Browns and the Steelers ain't doing nothing. The Browns and the Steelers ain't doing nothing this year, so they're not competitive. So it's really up to the Ravens and the Bengals. Now, in terms of the Ravens, they have the number one offense in terms of DVOA and number one passing offense all because of Lamar. And their run game is isn't that great. They're only 14th in the, in the league and their O-line is average at best. They're 25th in terms of AL uh, line yards um, and 17th in adjusted sack rate. So it's not like they have the greatest offensive line. It's really just Lamar's show. Like he's the reason why the Ravens are competitive right now. And reversely, speaking the Bengals offense is struggling they're not at all great like we've seen them right they're 27th in ASR and ALY in terms of offensive line performance so they're bad in pass protecting and they're bad in the run game Burrow is 24th in the league in DYAR and DVOA and just 16th in terms of total QBR Mixon is the 38th best running back 
at negative 44 DYAR yards. So this offense is struggling. And it's really a question of 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 two teams, right? There sorry. It's going to be two questions that is going to answer this answer this game. So what's really going to make or break this game is the passing defense of each team. Will the eighth ranked Cincy pass defense be able to hold off Lamar? Or will the 14th ranked Ravens prevent a Burrow rec- uh, reckoning? So that's really the question, right? Is it the Cincy defense that's going to hold off Lamar? Or, you know, which would be Cincy winning the game? Or is it going to be the Ravens defense? preventing Burrow to rise, which would mean the Ravens would win. So it's really up to these two passing defenses. Because Lamar ain't going up against Joe Burrow. He's going up against that Cincy pass defense. So Lamar can't do anything if the Ravens just give up 40 points to the Bengals like they did against the Dolphins. They have to perform like they did against the Bills. Keep the score close. Allow Lamar to show off his talents. And so that's why I predict the Ravens are going to win in Sunday Night Football, bounce back from their loss against the Bills, and they'll be able to prevent Burrow from performing a miracle. And Lamar is going to continue his MVP campaign after a slight dip in the MVP polls from last week. So that's my prediction. Ravens win 25 23. Ooh. It's a close one. Oh. It's going to be a close one. Yeah, I think I could see that happening. I mean, I would trust if it came to a field goal competition, I would trust Justin Tucker over Evan McPherson because that kid's because McPherson is missing kicks. Mm, okay. I could see that. But I am going to go with the upset on this one. Okay. Because remember, the Ravens cannot do well in the second half. That's what I'm accounting for. And I think the Bengals will have enough weapons and Joe Burrow will lead a comeback on this one. So I will I'm going to say 23. No, I'm gonna say 27-24 um Bengals. Kitty goes me out. But that's that's still close. That's still a field goal. It's still it'll but, still be yeah. a field goal, yeah, but yeah, Joe yeah, Burrow yeah. leads a game-winning touchdown. Okay, okay, okay. 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 And this time it will be to Jamar Chase, who I have on fantasy. So I need him to ball out. Wow. Okay. I see. I see that bias. I see that bias. <laughs> but also, I need Justin Tucker to work too because I also have him on my fantasy. That is fair. That is okay. Fair. And here's my matchup for the week. And this is basically my scouting. My scouting report. What I'll be doing. It's the Rams versus the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, the other late Fox Sunday game, which will be broadcasted more than I'll see with Philadelphia and Arizona. So, do you know? I, I just wanted to point this out. This yes. is the second time you've selected Cowboys as your game of the week segment. I'm. This is scouting for me. I need to scout okay. my opponent. I was wondering, are you just like a... Um... 
a double agent, you know, secretly being a cowboy spy. What? The greatest cowboy spy ever. How dare you, good sir? <laughs> Why would I align myself with the worst team in American history since the British <laughs> Empire? Like, are you out of your damn mind? <laughs> hey. Because the Cowboys pose a threat to my Eagles. That's why I'm okay. scouting them. Okay. <laughs> scouting your enemy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. To know to beat the enemy, you gotta know your enemy, my man. Okay. 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 I see. So I think when you gave the recap on the on the Rams against the 49ers, I think you literally did half of my preview for me. I mean, <laughs> take a look at like the Rams offensive line is a quest, is like an asterisk question mark at like completely i mean you mentioned that matt stafford he was like sacked seven times for 54 yards like that offensive line is going to take a bigger hit and and if you want to look at the like at some of the key injuries that they have on the uh, like their third string center is going to be starting over because now brian allen is going to be out and and all and of course like their o-line david edwards he he could return after suffering a concussion would be a major boost, but but it's gonna be too much. Like this this Cowboys defense. I mean, here's a stat for you: Micah Parsons hasn't even registered a sack in two game in two straight games in the past two games. But that Rams offensive line, he's going to be feasting on that. I mean, him and him and and Demarcus Tank Lawrence. No, I refuse to call him Tank because Demarcus Lawrence hasn't even registered a sack against Lane Johnson. Let it be for the record. And but like Micah, like Micah Parsons and and Tank Lawrence, including that line Osa Odigizua, um, Neville, Neville Gallimore, Dorrance Armstrong, and that defense is going to dis. They're going to be feasting on that Rams O line. I mean, they need. Remember, I. I asked them. I, I was willing to do like a. Um, I literally want to start a GoFundMe for for um, to send to Elon Musk if he can clone Andrew Withward more than ten times. That'd be the Rams O line, <laughs> like literally, because they they're not gonna do. Jack, I mean, no offense, they're not gonna do Jack against them, like the top, like one of the top ranked defenses. And mm -hmm. and Stephen A. Smith has said this. Micah Parsons is like the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. I believe that because that dude is freaking ferocious, even in his second year. And if you want to talk about the Rams, like the Rams offense being so bad, like here's a something for you. They're 20th in passing yards, 225 yards, most of them going to Cooper Cup because, duh, that's Matt Stafford's best weapon right now. Rushing yard, they're 30th in rushing yards with 70 yards like 60 less than 70 yards 68.5 they've averaging 17 18 like almost like averaging like 18 points 29th in the nfl Th these are all stats according to espn and points against 23.5 that's 18th like there's no freaking way though like this is gonna happen like and if i'm the rams if you really want to win this game you build on the run defense and I mean, that's like easier said than done. I mean, you had to, they had to like convert their wide receiver, Ben Schwartz, because I can't say his name. Um, <laughs> Skoranek, I think. That's, that's how people. Yeah. They, they literally had to turn, turn it into a fullback because they're, because their running backs ain't doing anything at all, like with the Rams. And, um, 
and, and like, yeah, Cam Akers, Devin, Kevin Akers, Daryl Henderson, Jake Funk, they ain't doing it. And Matt Stafford, like, I implore you. Or, and if you were, and Matt Stafford, I want you to listen to this part. I'm talking to you directly. Can you pass it to anyone other than Cooper Cup? <laughs> I know Van Jefferson is on IR. I know you don't have Odell Beckham Jr., but you have a talent in Allen Robinson and Ben Skowronek, even Tyler Higby, and, and, and even your running backs. If you want to build that momentum, pass it to anyone other than Cooper Cup because you know who's going to be guarding him? Uh, 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 like, you know who's going to be on him ball hawking the entire way? But like, anyways, um, like I would say, like, yeah, Trayvon Diggs is gonna be on him. Dan Quinn is going to be reading this offense like immediately. If if they're gonna be throwing screen screen passes to to like Cooper Cup, yeah. But like, but like, but basically, like, if you saw that one play, um, in which the 49ers safety hall, like, to I I forget his name, but he had he read that screenplay quickly and Ofunga, read, Ofunga to like yeah. that's some. Dude, like, shout out to that man's Tongan. a beast. That that Dude. man's a beast. I say, I he reminds me of Troy Polamalu, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That yeah. crazy hair, that like Pacific Dude. Islander descent, is like he's just massive. Like, yeah, really like, props to that rookie. Yeah, but definitely, if I'm the Rams, distribute the ball more to other than Cooper Cup. I know Matt Stafford would listen to this, but please, I implore you, and please sign Odell Beckham if you stand a chance. And then for the Cowboys, um, I mean, continue what you're doing. I mean, what they're doing with Cooper Rush, who has not thrown a pick at all, innocent, like so far, he's not throwing an interception, which is impressive. And like overall, like they're, 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 I mean, of course, they're, they're like, I mean, they've been scoring like average, like 20, 25, 20 something, 20 points, but like overall 26 offense. But what they're doing is they're playing smart. You're building up more with the run game, especially with Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. And then you're targeting with the passes. And it helps Cooper Rush, who, I mean, 60, 60% completion, that's a game manager type of role. If that's helping you win football games, thanks to your defense and Cooper Rush playing smart, so be it. I'll take that any other day. And and like, and the fact that Noah Brown, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, and those running backs are performing well, they're gonna be more against. They're gonna be so much better against that Rams um, defensive backs. And and I'm gonna say this out loud. Hear me out, Anant. I have a beat the dough moment. I think right now Jalen Ramsey is all talk. He is yep. all talk, all word, yep. all mouth, no sh no action. I mean, yeah, you had some picks, against, which was against the Falcons of all teams. Bruh, you want to talk about playing a Super Bowl team and, and being all the, oh, oh we're so good. <laughs> Y'all couldn't do crap. Like, give me a break. I mean, especially when Debo Samuel clowned you the entire game, and so did Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I want you to take that as motivation. And then, and for the Rams, like, of course, they did not register anything. I mean, after hearing all of this embarrassment against the um, against the 49ers last week, Aaron Donald and that defense has to come with a vengeance. They have to pressure. I mean, the only way that they can stand a chance of winning this game is they have to force turnovers on Cooper Rush, which I highly doubt. But the best way you do, 
Bring it, bring on the blitz. I want to see Aaron Donald. I want to see Bobby Wagner rushing at Cooper Rush. Get it? See what I did? He <laughs> rushed at Rush. But long, uh, I mean, I could talk about this with a bunch of stats, but I don't even need stats to predict this game where it's going to go. And you, and here's a shocker I want to tell you about the Rams are 5.5 favorites wow. against the Cowboys. At home, I say it's 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 a fake. I don't know what the hell th like Vegas is doing, but I'm gonna side with the enemy on this one. I'm going Cowboys to win this game, twenty five ten, because God, there's that must no be chance tough in hell. To say. Yeah, there's no chance in hell. But if I can see if I can see the Rams making competitive and see what transpires at this game. Maybe something to take a look at. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I, I, I. <laughs> but yeah, twenty-five, ten, or you know what? I'll give. I'll throw them a garbage bone touchdown. Twenty-five, seventeen. I'm being too generous right now. Yeah, Cowboys yeah, win are. that game. <laughs> All righty. Uh, so that concludes the preview of Week Five of the NFL, and that actually concludes our episode for today. So. <clears throat> If you guys enjoyed, please leave us a review at the at one of the four platforms that we host this podcast on, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pocket Casts, or send us an email at nflmasala at gmail.com, spelled as N-F-L-M-A-S-A-L-A at gmail.com, and we're going to hit you with our signature outro. Go Pack Go! And fly, Eagles fly! Take care, everyone, and have a wonderful three-day weekend for those that are celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day, no longer Columbus Day. Yes.